Every day, during this great and terrible pause, Cood Street is spending ten minutes or so with readers and book lovers from around the world, asking them what they're reading and what they'd recommend to anyone with a bit of time on their hands. Today I'm spending ten minutes or so with Aurealis award-winning writer and national treasure, Isabel Carmody, <laughs> who joins me from the far oh. north. Hello, Isabel. Thank you. Thank you. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice to be called a national treasure. <laughs> oh, you surely are. You're beloved with Oberyn Newton and everything. Beloved. So, I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. Can I, you say I, I it said, again? I said that you are beloved, you know, with, with Oberyn Newton and everything else. Absolutely beloved. Oh, well, that's nice to know that I'm beloved. <laughs> <laughs> so how are you? Are you well? Well, you know, it's a weird time, isn't it? We're in a weird time of the world. And it's just, it's actually a very interesting time to be a writer because, you know, my, my business is often with the end of the world. And <laughs> I've ended the world in many, many, many ways. And this was never one, you know, with the jammies and the baking, <laughs> was never one I foresaw. No zombies. <laughs> you didn't, see, you didn't foresee the toilet roll apocalypse? No, I didn't. I did. There were many things about this that I didn't see. So as world disasters go, it's a, a very interesting one. <laughs> it is that. So, so tell me, uh, you're presumably locked in like to some greater or lesser degree, like many other locked people. Are you... I'm living, I'm living, yeah. I'm living, uh, with, uh, an editor, in fact, an mm -hmm. editor and her partner, mm -hmm. um, husband, and I'm living in their garden apartment. So I, with a swimming pool literally in front of me, bathed in sunlight. And so I actually, it's not terribly hard to be locked here. I have bookish people to talk to. Mm -hmm. I have politically aligned people to rant about politics with. <laughs> and uh, I can, if I want to, swim in the freezing cold. Although <laughs> it's not that cold up here. No, I wouldn't think. And uh, a garden. So, yeah, I'm actually, I mean, isn't it true that for most writers we spend half our time locked down anyway? And so in many ways it's just comfortable territory for us. What's interesting to me is to see how other people are reacting yeah. to the lockdown yeah i mean I, I see that as well i mean what what i do see though is there's a difference between being voluntarily reclusive or at least in, you know and being involuntarily yes, reclusive and i think yeah, that's a very good people. point not being able to travel i mean given that i spend half my life on the road it, it has felt strange but also something of a relief perhaps mm -hmm. because i seem to have got into a pattern of traveling and running and doing things and i don't know the pause and it is really a thing we i think we'll look back on as the pause mm. was a sort of a stop button and you just feel like if we could have restarted the right way or how could restart the right way maybe the reset would would make it better than it was before because things were not great before yeah. for lots and lots of people in the world i was fine and I'm fine in lockdown, but I'm not the only one in the universe. Just because no. I'm fine doesn't mean to say everyone else is. And I'm conscious that people are suffering, you know, in the lockdown too, but suffering also before that in many, many ways that the lockdown put a stop button to for a while. So, I mean, for me as a writer, and I'm sure for you, for any writer, this is just an interesting way that the world has gone and we're observing that right now. Do you find yourself reassessing how you might like to restart when that happens? Because sooner or later, life will pick up again. Yes. I, I don't know. I've liked the quiet has been beautiful. Mm -hmm. The creeping out of the world that isn't human into the light has been delightful. And I think we can stop for that. The sound of planes going overhead that wasn't here for a long, long time suddenly is starting to come back again. And when Leonie and I walk in the mornings, we hear the planes and you just think, 
here comes the world and all those birds that came out and all those animals who thought maybe it was safe to come out are going to have to go back in again. And you just feel this, you know, this, this, what, what the weight of what we do, the weight of our heavy boot on the throat of the world. And uh, actually, I mean that connected to um, Sylvia Plath, but I guess it's, you know, I probably should not say that right now because of all the other stuff that's happening that's pretty ugly as well. Um, yeah, so, um, yeah, but just this feeling that we, we, we have this pressing weight. We oppress the world in many ways, and we've stopped oppressing it for a while, and I would like to be part of that not oppressing of the future. And I'm willing. I'm willing to grow my own vegetables to earn less money, although writers don't earn that much in the first place. <laughs> yeah, well. But I'm willing to barter. I'm willing to have less. I'm willing to have, you know, in this shutdown, I didn't miss rich people driving around in their Porsches, you know, no, that no, much. No, in fact, no. And I never desired to be one. So all that stuff, all those things that seemed like they were really important for other people, like football, which I don't give a damn about, and that privileged NFL kind of feel. Just the, it, you saw the quiet that came also when people stopped wanting and consuming. Yeah. And what I've been fascinated about has been that kind of Orwellian rise of, you know, politicians saying basically without very much varnish at all, get out there and work and spend because we need you to for the economy. And too bad if you die, too bad if we're consuming the world. It's just so bare. And I don't think it was ever that blatant before. And I feel like maybe we ought to pay attention because it's impossible not to notice that if the, if the economy can only operate while we're going out there and spending money and consuming, there's something wrong with the idea of an economy in that yeah. case. Yeah. You know? And in shutdown, we didn't do those things. And I just wonder how many people found that less consumeristic kind of life just gentler and better and such a breath of fresh air. I think you're right. Let me ask you this. You're, well, you're shut outside, actually, but you're, 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 you're stuck in one place on usually. Do you find you, you, that you're able to, to write, to work, to focus, or has that been impacted by, by this time? Actually, yeah, it's really been impacted. I found myself strangely distracted because I was always a person who sat in cafes and worked. I always liked to be in the middle of the world and the world crashing around me and I was dealing with that. I liked that. Um, and I needed it, I realised. I needed yeah. it. And it, when it was absent, it was very strange. And I would find myself trying to figure out places to go where I could, like when you were allowed to go and order a coffee, I liked the fact that there was a lineup, even a COVID lens, yeah. distance lineup, because people talked. And I liked listening to it. So yeah. I found that I missed that a great deal. I was strangely distracted. Yeah. It was as if the world went quiet and I just couldn't concentrate. And as the noise comes back, I find, but I've been doing a PhD for seven years. So <laughs> I've been pretty distracted <laughs> one way and another anyway. Well, then let me ask you, because it is what we're here to do to some degree. Let me ask you, what are you reading at the moment? And, you know, importantly, is it any good? Well, I'm, I'm, I can tell you what I'm about to read because yeah. I've got a, a huge pile of abouts to read. The next thing that I'm going to read um, is Aurora by Kim Stanley Robinson. I've never read anything of his, book. and I'm very excited by the idea of re reading him. I've heard so many good things from people whose opinions I value, yeah. and so I'm, I'm really keen on that, uh, to read that. I'm reading very slowly Cavalier and Clay by Michael Chabon. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God, the writing. The writing that guy can do. Oh, 
wow. It's the first one I've ever read. Yep. And I'm just, I'm reading it thinking, how? How does he do this? You know how some writers, and I hear them all the time say, I read great writing and I'm just, you know, I just wonder what I can ever write. I never feel like that. I yeah. just feel inspired. I know I can't do that, but I want to try. I want to do my best. I want to write the best sure. writing I can. Yeah. And I, I just feel terribly inspired by this kind of writing. Mm -hmm. So that's those are the two books that I'm kind of reading right now. I finished um, not long ago uh, a book called um, uh, the, the Speed of Dark. Okay. Dark or the Speed of Darkness by Elizabeth Moon. Dark, yeah. And I love her. I, I really like her writing. I know she's she's got some very writey ideas which don't line up with mine, but I love her writing. You yeah, know, I love yeah, how yeah. she writes, and I'm really interested in her characters and all the rest of it. She did a book I adored called Remnant Moon, yeah. Remnant Population. Oh my god, that was fabulous, yeah. fabulous book. And uh, I've been I've been reading. Um, Raising the Stones. Oh yeah, the Grass Sherry Tepper book by yeah. Sherry yeah. Tepper. I Grass was is just so stupendously beautifully written. I loved her writing. You know, I tried to meet her. We wrote for a few yeah. years because she saved me from. I'm sure she saved me from wanting to die at one point oh, in wow. Paris. She, I, I I saw this footage of harp seals being killed. It was in French, and I didn't see. It was a very brutal bit of documentary yeah, footage, yeah. and I didn't know what was happening. All I saw was the footage, which was – it killed me to watch it. And I, I was in the Keesing studio in Paris. I reckon I cried half the night. And, yeah. Um, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't sleep, but I started to read Beauty um, yeah. by Sherry Tepper, and by morning I could live again. And yeah. I wrote her a letter saying all of that. And so we interacted for a few years and then I went to visit her. I'd asked her, could I visit? And I flew to Los Angeles. I got a car. I drove straight out of the car parking lot into five lanes of oncoming traffic <laughs> because I forgot where I was. Yep. And uh, I made it to Flagstaff, called her to say, I'll be there tomorrow. And she said, I don't want to meet <gasps> after all. And I wanted to say, I flew across the world to meet you. I've driven against life and limb in a country I've never driven in before. And then I thought, this is where I live by what I think, which is writers have a right to say no. Yeah. So I said, fine, no problem. And I didn't tell her how far away I was or how far I'd come. I always regretted that I didn't meet her, though, you know, yeah, yeah. because I really loved her writing. You know, yeah. I, I just I love her writing. Yeah, so, I, I certainly so loved a, her. A, a I love Grass. I loved her early it. books. And I know people who knew yeah. her, but, you know, I never met her myself either. So, Especially her early books I loved. I mean, later on, I still loved everything she's ever written. I just like her voice. Yeah. I, I didn't necessarily like the books themselves towards the end. Sometimes I think she got very dark. And I I agreed with her, but I just didn't want to immerse myself in that. Yeah. So that That's was something I was avoiding. Yeah. And I'm, I'm reading, um, I, I'm reading um, a graphic novel uh, by oh, – what's her name? It's called uh, – I've got it right here. I'll just re okay. reach across. It's called Fun Home by Alison Bechtel. Oh, I've just yeah, been okay, reading yeah. my I way through, through her stuff. And The Watchman, I've just re read that again recently. And this is a person who's not reading much because she's doing her PhD. So. <laughs> I, I also listen constantly to audiobooks. Okay. And at the moment I'm, I'm listening to every – once I start on an author, I listen to literally everything they've ever done. So Lee Childs has got a very big backlog. And I'm reading through all the Reacher books at the moment. All and, twenty-two uh, of them, or whatever it is. But right? I'm enjoying them. She does what she does well. He do well. He he does. Is it a he? Yes. Oh my god! 
I thought he was the way he was about women because he was a she. No. Oh, my God. I love that. <laughs> yes. No, no. Lee's a guy and he's about to hand off the series to his brother or something, I think. No. Yes. No. Yeah. I hate when people do that. Yeah, I do too. It never works very well. Ah. So anyway, so let me ask you this. If you can, he- you can you hear me? I appear to have... Oh, there. Are I've you there? I've lost the visual. Uh, yeah, I've lost vi- video too. I'll uh, make a note. Did cut. you switch your... It doesn't matter. We can doesn't matter. Talking. We can still talk. There you are. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So that's what well, you're I'm reading. I'm seeing you. That's what we're reading. What, what, what you're reading. Is there anything particularly that you'd recommend to people right now? I mean, we've been talking uh, with other people about comfort reading, about reading things that are challenging at this time. Do you think there's stuff that, that, that makes sense to read at a time like this? Well, I'm reading a lot of essays and a yeah. lot, of, I mean, a lot of political essays and a lot of, and partly because I've got a book, a, a 700 page dog's breakfast sitting with, um, um, Alan and Unwin that I've got to rewrite and the story in the centre is sorted. I just need the world around it. To, yeah. I need to be clear about what happened and all this stuff happening fits very, because I, what I was writing was a book which was, I was trying to find out what would happen if we go on in the same direction we're heading, which is pretty ugly. Yeah. And so I was writing a book about where that might go. And so I wanted to find out what was happening around it and I hadn't thought that through. So all of this stuff happening, I'm reading some essays of, of um, um, oils, um that are very interesting. I'm finding those. I'm, I'm liking. I love what he. You know, he he was just such a thinker. Yeah. And so those. And of course, um, I'm always reading some of Ursula Le Guin's. I'm reading her essays too. The Wave in the Mind. Have you ever read that one? Yes. It's a collection of her essays. Beautiful, beautiful writing. And uh, so I'm reading that one as well. Those I really recommend. They were wonderful. Excellent. And then finally, you're reading. You're writing. You're working. Do you have anything out in the world that people can go out and find at the moment? Well, I did have a book coming out next month, but uh, as many writers are finding now, the publishers want to put it off another year. Uh, so they're putting uh, the final book in um, uh, The Kingdom of the Lost out in next year instead, which is a pity, I think. I really yeah. would have loved to have seen it come out into this year, given the subject matter yeah. and where the book yeah. goes. But I haven't got much choice about that. So that's next year. Um, I'm, I'm working on, um, I'm about to really seriously work on, um, uh, the next, um, the final book in the legend song series yeah. and that'll, so the, the, the first two will then come out again. Um, but in the world, I suppose if I were reading something now of mine, yeah. I might be tempted to read, um, Evermore, which, yes. uh, is again, another kind of end of the world, kind of dystopian thing. It's really interesting to read this kind of stuff in this moment in yeah. time when we're we're thinking about all of these kinds of questions it is uh but and of course the over newton chronicles which is finished and actually talks about the end of the world (laughs) (laughs) and is out in the world in good bookstores and average bookstores and even bad bookstores just everywhere or you can listen to it on audiobook and i will read to you so there you go isabel in your ear but for the moment, Isabel Carmody. <laughs> An earwig. <laughs> <laughs> Isabel Carmody, uh, thank you so much for making time to talk to me today. I genuinely thanks, appreciate Jonathan. it. 